Hi, I'm Diane Hullett, and welcome to the Best Life, Best Death podcast. Today, I've got a really interesting guest, an old friend of mine, Taylor Gallegos. And Taylor's mom and I used to teach together at a high school in Boulder, Colorado. And so I've known Taylor, you know, many, many, many years. Welcome, Taylor. Hey, hi, Diane. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And Taylor is a visual artist uh, focusing on murals and live paintings and a podcaster and just an all around really interesting guy in his 30s, which I think is an interesting aspect to this conversation. So Taylor's mom took my best three months class and Taylor was pretty intrigued by it. So he signed up for the best three months class. And now it's been about six months. And Taylor and I just thought it might be interesting to have a conversation about why he was drawn to that and what he's taken away from it. So maybe just start off, tell us a little bit about why, what made you decide to sign up? Yeah. Um, great question. So yeah, I'm in my thirties, barely. I'm about to turn 40 <laughs> in a month. <laughs> so you only claim that for a short amount of time still, but yeah. Um, yeah. Mom was saying how much she got out of it and she, uh, she really appreciated it and learned and all this stuff. And, um, I guess it started with like COVID time. Um, mom's got some sort of asthma stuff to her. And so when COVID was coming around, especially early on when nobody really knew what was going on or how hard it was going to hit everybody. And, um, you know, she's in Colorado, I'm in Southern California. Uh, we had to have some really like direct conversations of like the fact that she could die and like, we might not get to see each other again. And like those realizations were, were very real. And so then, you know, COVID kind of let up a little bit. It's tapering off in whatever way it is. And so she, she, uh, she took the class, told me how much she got out of it. And um, kind of at the same time, last November, a really good friend of mine passed away that I grew up with. And so then that sort of like flipped me upside down and, and the class seemed like it was just like screaming at me, like, Hey, this is something that would be really like pertinent to do right now. So signed up. It was great. Yeah. It was you, you and another friend. So there were two kind of people in their thirties and then mostly people, you know, over 60 tends to be a demographic that's drawn to it. And you know, what, what looking back six months later, what were some of the things that stood out for you? The things that stood out for me looking back on it is, um, sort of the, the preparation for the reality of what comes to everybody. You know, like when we're young, we don't really think about death. We don't really need to. And death is something that happens to older people, quote unquote. And, um, or like in like freak situations, uh, accidents and whatnot. So like, um, and I mean, I'll just say this, like, I'm very blessed and, uh, you know, what is it? Um, lucky to just be in a situation where like I'm safe all the time. And, um, I guess privileged is, uh, is one way to say it like safe. And I don't have to like worry about, you know, basic needs type stuff. Like so much of the world has is like facing death way more often and way more like on the doorstep. So like as an American, we're really like kind of buffered from it. A, a young American, like we can sort of like live in this like 
dreamland where where death really isn't there um but yeah like going through this process with all the people in it and you know the seven week course it really kind of opened my eyes to the reality of it it put me like face to face with the concept especially with my buddy passing and like um it was like I got to to think about it and and think about it in not in the way that it feels and when you have to think about it when someone dies when someone dies and it's like it's like shoved down your throat and then you have to deal with it whether you've like thought about it or not whereas this is like kind of getting to like you know fly over it like 30,000 feet and like identify the geography and um you know see what kind of things the peaks and valleys that exist and i like i feel so much more prepared for um like handling death and then also you know like as a person in a family people are going to pass away through time and um the more prepared that each individual can be with like the stages of death and then the stages of grief and the like the general flow of like you know when the body is like ready to pass it'll start to shut down on in terms of like eating and drinking and like it'll it'll sort of like transition into like a dream world which i saw with my grandma so like you know and like the western medical field like they want their job is to keep people alive which doesn't really work with people when they are like dying at the end of their life because they're like sort of fighting this um futile battle and like the fighting actually makes the whole process harder so yeah i i i got to just like consider all this stuff and think about it it was great yeah yeah i love i think it's barbara carnes who says you know at the end of life maybe there's no longer opportunity for cure, but there's still opportunity for healing. And what, what does that look like if we get out of the mindset of cure and fix, um, you know, caring for someone who's dying is different than caring for someone who's going to get better. That's what Barbara Carnes names it as. And I think it's such a powerful shift and like opening in our kind of typical societal way of thinking about medicine and let's, let's fix it. Let's beat it. Let's cure it. Let's battle it. You know, all these metaphors of, of winning. What if at some point there is a softening towards it? And so, yeah, you found a way to kind of help prepare yourself for your own eventual death, which hopefully is many, many years from now, and also prepare yourself for what happens when beloved family members die, like your grandmother who passed a few years ago. So yeah, interesting. I remember also when you were in the class, there was there was this kind of fire that lit in you about a few pieces, because one of the things we talk about in the best three months class is not just sort of theoretically, what does what do you need to do, but really practically action wise, what are some steps you could take? What, what are some of the um, one or two pieces that came out of you for action? Yeah, that's a, that's a major part that, you know, it's been six months. So I feel like, uh, like the overall impression um, is what I just said. And then like, there's so much action step stuff that I've just like absorbed into my life. And that is like gotten me to where I'm at now. And um, you know, like my art, 
career right now is really growing and getting like stronger every week and more stuff is happening. And, and a lot of that was those big questions because, because uh, yeah, like in your course, you take us through the different parts of our lives that we want to have like put in order before we would hypothetically die. You give us a, a death date like as soon as we get in there and then it's our job. You know, you, you lead us through like, what do you want with your physical body? What do you want with your, your mental, your spiritual, your emotional, your connections, all these things. And um, those things are just really great, like big picture questions to ask yourself when, you know, anytime really, but like, like basically you're asking like, are you going in the right, in the direction that you want to be going? And like, where do you even want to go? What do you want to do? What's your, I mean, the legacy element was really powerful in terms of me and as an artist. Um, Cause it, you know, that's the big thing. Like what, what do you want your legacy to be? And are you on that track right now? And if you're not, what do you need to do to get there? And. Oh, well put what Taylor, like describe, like what were you doing three years ago versus what you're doing now or how has it evolved? Um, it's evolved in like, I feel like my, uh, my direction has just sharpened. Like the laser beam used to be more like a regular light bulb. And I was just sort of like shining light in all directions. And now it's like really focusing in on, um, on murals and what I want to do with murals and how I get to there. Um, and then like with live art, like what am I doing? And, um, you know, like thinking about everything in terms of the fact that I'm not going to be alive forever. It changes everything because then it puts every little more gravity on everything. Like when you're young and death is like nowhere near, then you can just sort of like dawdle and, you know, whatever, which is great. Like you don't want to have the pressure of death on you all the time when you're young and like, because there's this freedom of creativity, but like now I am almost 40 and it's it's really like time to like I'm, I'm just seeing like my life you know as a creative artist like the next 20 to 30 years are going to be my like time where I'm hitting the most home runs you know I finally figured out how to swing the bat and like how to not strike out and now I'm like hitting it in the direction I want to go and now I'm like aiming for the fence Great metaphor. Describe some of the, like, I follow Taylor on Instagram and we can, we'll throw all that up at the end, how to find him. But like you do these fabulous time-lapse photo, um, little montages or videos on Instagram that I just love. Describe a couple of those from the last month. Yeah. So I got to do a project at Anheuser-Busch's brewery in Fairfield, which is north of San Francisco. And so then they had, they gave me a bunch of imagery. They haven't, they took their logo and they refreshed it and they, uh, you know, the California bear and the state of California and their, their branding, they gave me all that. And then I was able to, they just said, do your thing, like make something awesome and abstract with that. And so then I went through and um, just designed it. I just went in and took five days and went to town and had a great time and made this crazy piece of art and like big wall um, in indoors, right? Indoors at one of yeah. the facilities. So it was, yeah. really, it's kind of a, a mural for the employees really is how I saw it. It was, it is. It's like, yeah. Brightening up their space, making something cool for the employees. And, and it was cool being there. I got to see all the employees going in and out and getting off their shift. And like, these are hardworking people doing 
um, you know, serious work and, and it was inspiring for me and it was really cool. And yeah, I just luckily I'm, I'm also very blessed because like my field of work creates content like as I make it. So, um, and it's like visual content. So it's very easy to like do time lapses and do cool videos and all the things. So it's, um, it's a really nicely <laughs> woven together thing. Well, and that's such a neat way that it's like, okay, so the employees there see it, the people at the factory see it, but then you put it up and it goes farther. Like tons of people get to see moved by these, be, be moved by these murals that you make through social media, which is kind of just a cool use of social media, I think. And then describe the wedding if that's possible. Because oh, yeah. tell listeners sort of what is live art. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've made live art in lots of different venues. There's been like on tour with bands and, um, you know, at events. And then uh, also I've honed in on this live wedding art thing. So I show up to a wedding hours beforehand and I paint the background live, like plain air, plain air style. And then the wedding takes place and I take photos of a couple key moments and I put that on an iPad and then I paint live for the crowd during cocktail hour and the reception. And it's this like the party gets to watch the painting happen. Um, and again, I just like make videos of the whole thing. And and it's really cool because that live wedding art venture um, with my business partner, we started it about five years ago. And now it's getting to like um, it's coming to fruition where I'm getting to do all these awesome weddings at awesome places and like you know, the Ritz Carlton in Laguna and the Bel Air Bay Club in, in um, Malibu and, and doing like an Indian, a traditional Indian wedding and a traditional like, like weddings from all different styles and backgrounds. And so I'm getting to see all these cool cultures and and honor honor them and yeah yeah so beautiful so what was the so what was the piece about legacy in the best three months class that kind of lit a fire you you said it was kind of this idea that like almost like if I'm not on the right track I better get on the right track yeah um those the legacy part like you ask all these very poignant directed questions in in our process of like figuring out what our legacy is and that's through like the worksheets and things that you put together. And then you'd show, it was really cool. Every class uh, had like a, a little five minute video or something that we would watch. And then it would be in context of that. We'd all talk and then there'd be some worksheet time. And we'd have homework. And yeah, all those parts that like with the legacy, it was like, who do you want to be after all of it? like who who do you want like what do you want to leave behind as like your legacy as like what you did or said or how you made people feel and with art you can make a million different types of art like unlimited types of art and um and I've done a lot of just like playing around and trying things out and experimenting through time and uh now like with all of this, you know, friend Adam passing and then like the class and everything, it's really like just squeezed me into the lane of like what I want is to make great art that connects all of us um, because I, I, you know, I feel and believe that we're all the same at our core, um, whether, you know, it doesn't matter your religious persuasion, beliefs, non-beliefs, um, gender, um, culture, all these things, like we're essentially, like we have so much more in common than we do different. And I feel like 
if humanity is going to make it out of the next 100 years, we're going to have to learn how to work together and coexist with each other and the planet. Um, and we're not doing that right now. And so like, in order to, as Einstein said, in order to uh, like, solve a problem you have to come at it with a higher level of consciousness than you were at when it was created so like the art it needs to be like a consciousness raising tool i love that you found like like you found your medium like you you yourself have always been even as a kid kind of aligned with this gift of art and then now there's even more clarity in you that that art is in part communication with others and connection with others. And then it seems like what best three months kind of did for you was almost like by looking at dying, you got super connected to living. You already were, but it's like, it took it another level. And I love that because I, I feel like people often think that the work I do or best three months classes are somehow more like about death. And to me there it's, it's more like when you, um, contact that truth of mortality, it, it lights up your life. And so to me, it's much more about life than about death, but the death is the piece that allows us to light up life. There must be some metaphor here that I'm missing, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it really lit that for you in a way that you were already going, but it made it even stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when we think, uh, before taking a class like this or really being aware of it, um, consciously, we, at least as Americans, um, we really, we think of death in terms of a fear or like a loss that's going to happen. And, and it is a loss and it is, you know, scary to think about what's on the other side. But with that, if you sit with it and like, you know, so, sort of meditate with it so it doesn't become, so it loses the fear, it loses the scariness, then you can look at your whole life from that lens, from that perspective, and um, and just sit with gratitude instead. Like, I could die tomorrow. So today, like, I'm so grateful to have today and this moment with you and every moment that I get with Haley and my dog and my family and like every conversation with my brother I'm like you know that much more keyed in and I know and I'm like and by thinking about like life zoom out and you can see that life starts when you're born and it ends with you when you die and you're somewhere in between and we don't know where we are in between and and that the same thing's going on for everybody around us then you know that like I'm only going to talk to my brother a certain amount of times in our life from now until we one of us dies and so like holy shit like holy shit and i, I know we can't go around being like blown away by great gratitude all the time but it's i you know it's really important to, to keep that in mind and then like when that happens it just like calms everything down like the problems don't seem quite as big it's like you know let's focus on what's important and real the minutiae kind of shrinks, doesn't it? The minutiae shrinks in the face of something like gratitude and love. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Well, thanks so much, Taylor. It's great to hear about, you know, just um, all that you're doing and how your art has inspired you and inspired others and how, you know, kind of these conversations about mortality 
have impacted you. And I know that you talk about it with other people, you know, and that impacts people too, because not everybody wants to dive into a seven week class and do homework, but you know, for people who do, there's, there's really a pay, a payback out of it. Yeah. Huge. It's huge. I feel like this is like standard issue. It should be a standard issue for everybody. Like maybe at like 30, <laughs> right. I don't know if you want to think like, about it too much earlier than that, but I always love someone, someone I read a great quote that said, you know, we have in high school sex education and driver's education, but we don't have death education. Like, come on, we're missing the boat here. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, Taylor, tell us how we can find out more about you, website, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Everything is at Taylor Gallegos Art. It's G-A-L-L-E-G-O-S Art. And that's um, on Instagram, Facebook, website everything. Great. And I can attest that he's super fun to follow because of these wonderful little time lapses he put up. Um, Super. And you can find out about the work I do at bestlifebestdeath.com. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Best Life, Best Death podcast. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. 